Welcome to the X-Men Files, a podcast where Inessa and Brian talk about the X-Men comics. He's reading them again as an adult, she's reading them for the first time. So grab your back issues out of their Mylar bags, and let's talk about the greatest comic book series ever, the X-Men. Welcome back to the X-Men Files. You were about to say something. No, I was... You were. I wasn't. I said welcome back, and you were about to... And I, I jumped in too quickly with the X-Men files, but you were about to I say that. I was going to say listener. <laughs> you're going to say, you're going to complete. Welcome back, listener. Yeah, I just, for a second, it, it felt like maybe. Don't try that again. No, we're good. Welcome back. Listener. Yeah, that was actually it sounds, pretty. It sounds, it sounds stale now. No, but maybe I, mean, I would have said listeners. The, the, the plurality of the word, but you were, you, you were right in there. I just was actually, worried just that. Ready to occupy that space. I was worried that you were going to pause and point to me or something i was getting ready okay well you were you were ready that's yeah. my point I'm, I'm trying to say that you've I'm, I'm, I'm delighted that you've embraced the level of professionalism and showmanship <laughs> that you know the show craft that, um, <laughs> that, that that we that we take to heart on this show yep okay um i was about to make a, a comment about a, don't shake your head you're already you know what man <laughs> It's well established that I'm very much in love with you, but that has its limits. <laughs> I wasn't shaking my head. I don't know. You what were shaking. About. You were shaking my head. Okay, and now and now all of our listeners know it too. <laughs> Here I I started off nice and friendly, and and um, and and you just you know you you were you were um, I'm not sure disincentive. Mm. No. I don't know. Maybe you weren't doing anything. If I can't describe it in words, then then it doesn't matter. I'm giving you negative negative feedback. Yeah, but I mean, if I can't describe it, you weren't. Well, yeah, actually, that is what you're doing. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, so <laughs> by 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 being able to label your own counterproductive actions, yeah. <laughs> okay. I think you're back in my good graces. Good, good. Okay. Uh, let's, let's. So this recap. Um, as I make a bunch of uh, clattering noise to and lift up my laptop so that I can see it. Yeah. Um. This is going to be a terrible recap. Okay. Okay. Probably the whole episode is going to be awful. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of a weird day. We're both a little blah, and uh... I don't know about that. I'm not a little blah. You're not. I didn't read the. I didn't reread the issue uh, until like this morning as I was writing up the recap. Mm-hmm. Like I, you find, I can't read the issue and write the recap. Huh. I need to read it earlier in the week. I mean, I've read this issue before, but yeah. it, it, it's helpful when I when I have it pretty fresh in my brain to okay. do the recap. All right, this recap's going to suck. You're fine. Carry on. I bet it'll be delightful. <laughs> it's sweet of you to say so. Uh, see, see, now you're being productive. Oh. Okay, cool. All right. The issue opens with a bamf as the X-Men burst into an apartment, claws drawn and ready for action. Trouble is, the person they're looking for, Misty Knight, isn't there. Uh, at least Nightcrawler had used the formal mode of address. <laughs> Introductions are made, and Wolverine helps himself to a beer which doesn't belong to him. He drinks it pretty fast, as he's already reaching for a second while the ladies try on clothes. Wait, why did they come in guns blazing a couple pages ago? It didn't. I didn't think that they were guns blazing. I thought they, they were 100. percent I didn't think they were spoiling were... for a fight. I thought they were just they wanted to talk to her about something, or they were like just trying to pleasantly surprise her. I mean, I feel like she's a friend. She was, but like Nightcrawler teleports in, Kitty phases in, Wolverine has like there's a snicked. <laughs> On the splash page. Okay, carry on. Yeah. Okay, moving on. 
Wolverine is enjoying a post-six-pack cigarette on someone else's couch, and Araro and Kitty hit the New York nightlife. Meanwhile, in the New Mexico desert, Scott and Alex talk about the reappearance of their father and practice their mutant powers. They enjoy a meal which Lorna doesn't act doesn't exactly do her best to sell. And is there anything that Alex and Lorna do other than cook? <laughs> also, whereas Araro and Kitty have their pick of outfits, Corsair is really leaning into the space pirate look. <laughs> the pirate, yeah, it's still yep. he's got just changed. the one outfit. Yeah. <laughs> Back in New York, Aurora is missing. She surfaces in the emergency room of a hospital, the victim of a throat-slashing... er... biting. Uh, her recovery is amazingly quick, and she returns home. Physically, she's alright, but she's acting a little... weird. <laughs> she sees eyes in the night, and back at Misty's, she invites someone in through the window. Classic rookie vampire mistake. <laughs> Kitty arrives, teddy bear in tow, and gets updated on Aurora's condition. Wolverine continues to smoke. Kitty enters Aurora's room and is told that sunlight hurts. Aurora flinches at Kitty's Star of David. A pattern seems to be emerging. <laughs> Kitty leaves to scare up a Van Helsing hat and a cross. Fog descends on Lower Manhattan, and Aurora greets the Prince of Darkness, Vlad the Impaler, OG vampire, the man, the myth, the legend, Dracula. In his own special font. His own yeah. special font. I almost put the special font in, in the recap that I wrote. But, um, okay. Kitty returns to discover that the cross does nothing unless she believes in it. Uh, Nightcrawler will be a help here later. A fight ensues, and Aurora leaves with the drag. Peter, Wolverine, and Kurt enter the room and don't initially believe Kitty's story. Kurt sets everyone straight by reminding them that they take vampires seriously in Bavaria, especially Dracula. More on that later. <laughs> okay. They give chase through Central Park, heading towards Belvedere Castle, which is among the more spooky and gothic elements of the park, and which just happened to have been restored in 1982. Right. Okay. Interesting. Fascinating. The X-Men are attacked by rats and wild dogs. Only the dogs are summoned by Dracula. New York, man. <laughs> Filled with rats. <laughs> the rats are just kind of there. <laughs> so many rats. Okay. Uh, amidst the action of the fight, Kitty slips into the castle with a stake and holy water. The stake goes unused, for now, and the water gets poured into an empty coffin. I really wanted to... If I were a better person, I could have made some joke about <laughs> about that. Okay. The coffin? The water? The stake? Which... Like the water in the coffin where somebody sleeps. I don't know. Like like Dracula wetting the bed. I mean, like, but I'm I'm not. Like you know. Okay. Roro gives Kitty yet another slap and bears some new fangs and devil eyes. Kitty and Roro have a standoff where Kitty basically dares Roro to kill her. Will this attempt to reach the last shred of her humanity work? Narrator, it does. Um. <laughs> We find out two pages later when Aurora refuses to obey Dracula's command that she kill the other X-Men. He changes into a man-sized bat and flies through the window of a swank restaurant. They fight both physically and mentally. Dracula grabs an innocent woman and threatens to kill her, after referring to her with a misogynistic body-shaming slur. Aurora <laughs> refuses to obey Dracula's commands, and he finally takes no for an answer. Hmm. The next morning, Nightcrawler continues to refer to his friends using the formal motive of address, 
and Wolverine is still drinking someone else's beer. Tranquility has returned. <laughs> this lasts for about 10 minutes when they get a call long distance from Moira McTaggart. The professor has taken a turn for the worse. All right. There you go. Um, that wasn't that wasn't at all terrible. Okay. Well, cool. You're very kind to say. Uh, actually, you're reading it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> reading it. That's eh, about as good as it gets. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <it's>, I mean, <laughs> not, a, not awful. No worse but, uh, than the others. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 So uh, fair enough. <laughs> all I could think about when I was reading this one is that like the character of Dracula like somehow is is in the public domain <laughs> so that like oh, yeah. you know Marvel Marvel doesn't own Dracula and doesn't um have this to is pay not... anyone royalties yeah. to use Dracula as a character. This is not the first time that Dracula has appeared in Marvel comics. Mm-hmm. Uh not the first time that vampires have appeared, not the first time that that werewolves have appeared. There was a whole uh there was a comic series, a title mm-hmm. called Werewolf by Night. Huh. Uh launched after the failure of the previous one, Werewolf, Werewolf by, by 9 to 5. Uh, Werewolf in the bridge, afternoon. Bridge and tunnel werewolf. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, public domain. Um, have I have I already talked, or is this one of these conversations that I had in my head about the Alan Moore thing, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Uh, could be either one. Either you talked and I don't remember, or talk to yourself in your own head. Fair enough. Yeah, um, it's good it that again. it's good that yeah. we're recording yeah. it so that I can remember whether or not, not? Uh, this has happened. Um, so leave us. So first of all, Alan Moore is. Uh, we, we've mentioned him once mm-hmm. or twice. We're not going to have occasion to mention him all that often, despite the fact that he is like the the Shakespeare and Cervantes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And Goethe of comic book mm-hmm. writing. Uh, he, he did Watchmen, which is uh, you know, my favorite comic series ever. And he's done a lot of really uh, profound, influential work. Is Watchmen on this thing, or is that not a Marvel? It is not property. a Marvel thing. Yeah. Um, that is actually kind of complicated. It was published by DC, but does not take place in the DC universe. The characters... Oh God, there was a... Um, Charleston Carlton. There was a publisher that had characters mm. that uh, Disney, uh, Disney, uh, DC owned the rights to, mm-hmm. but you, you, you wouldn't know it. Like mm-hmm. you've never heard of these people, and uh, more invented all of the personalities kind of from off the cloth. Okay, okay. So Alan Moore, um, he wrote that. He also wrote uh, a book called The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Mm-hmm. All of the characters are public domain. Mm. So. <laughs> uh, He's got uh, like Alan Quartermain, Captain Nemo. Um, I don't know who Alan Quartermain is. Uh, adventure, uh, kind of like pulp adventure uh, person. Mm-hmm. Um, they made a movie about Alan Quartermain, maybe. Mm. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm blanking on who else is in it. Uh, oh, The Invisible Man, mm-hmm. things like this. All of these. Leprechauns. Yeah, and it <laughs> takes place. I, I know when we mention it, because we, we mentioned the word steampunk mm-hmm. uh, at dinner at somewhere this yeah. week. And I said. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen yeah. is just a, a an awesome steampunk. Yeah, I learned that you like steampunk things, which was well. I mean, like is I I dig it. I yeah. don't I don't seek it out right, uh, right. in terms of fashion. I, I don't dress yeah. that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, but um, bowler hat and a waxed mustache, it, a monocle. No, no. <laughs> but um, I like the Victorian nineteenth century technology, uh, all of that stuff. But uh, so, so Moore did this, and, and it, it, it functions on several different levels. First of all, like it's just a great story because Alan Moore is awesome. It is also um, 
I think kind of meta where mm-hmm. more is talking about the characters themselves and kind of like 19th century, early 20th century uh, genre fiction, but also kind of celebrating this idea of uh, public domain <laughs> stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, like, look, why, like, like Batman has had conversations with Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. because Sherlock Holmes is mostly in the public domain. But Alan Moore is sort of like, if we're going to do this, <laughs> let's just really <laughs> get into just it. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I love that. Um, I love that approach. Yeah. Um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was made into a movie uh, with Sean Connery mm-hmm. as Alan Quarterman. I always get that one confused with the Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Okay. Not because I know what either one of them is about. But yeah. For whatever reason, the names. Sound There's no good reason to confuse to those two. Yeah. Okay. Um, but so the movie, I've not seen it because apparently it was god awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, they included Tom Sawyer in there, mm. which I don't think is a good choice. <laughs> So I meant to look up, or maybe I just thought right now that I should have looked up, like, how long a character has to exist before... I meant to look that up, Yeah, too. before yeah. you can use it for your own storytelling without having to, you know, ask permission or forgiveness. There, There's, there's some additional elements to that. I want to say if... Um, Kind of if the use and likeness is continuing to be used, that that has something to do with it, right? Um, because you know, like you can't publish, I can't publish my own Spider-Man comic, right? Even though Spider-Man's been around, been around for a long time, and I, I think it's even be, like Superman has been around for even longer. Oh, you said Sherlock Holmes, the sort of sort of. Well, Sherlock Holmes, I say sort of. I, I would have said absolutely, but for the fact that earlier this week I read a uh, short news thing from the EV Club. Where the estate of Arthur Conan Doyle, I can't remember who they're suing. Um, maybe that's it. I mean, maybe it's just if there's an estate to go after those things that keeps it uh, not public. For... But not necessarily. Like yeah. you can, uh, I mean, good heavens, anybody can can kind of pick up Sherlock Holmes. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Michael Chabon had a, had a book where Holmes mm-hmm. is a character. Um, but there is some weird nuance about it. The other thing that you have is that copyright law. For works created in the UK is different than it's going to be in the United States. Right. Um, I mean, there are international copyright agreements to which countries have 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 agreed to honor, uh, which lost myself in that prepositional <laughs> phrase. Um, uh, but I, I, another example, Gone with the Wind, uh, there was a, there was a sequel, a novel mm-hmm. sequel. And one of the reasons why it was published is because there was some kind of deadline that the estate of um, Margaret Mitchell mm-hmm. was was running. It's like, okay, we have to keep these characters going so that they don't lapse into public domain. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there, there's some details there that I'm probably I missing. I've, I think I've read the second book and it was awful. <laughs> Keeping yeah. in mind that Gone with the Wind is like basically a trashy novel. Yeah. 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 Um, it's 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 like a, yeah, Diane Steele yeah. from the 1920s. Daniel. Danielle Steele, excuse me. Yeah. yeah, I think I expected it to be more like, you know, make me feel like a smart literature reader, but it was kind of really mostly like a trashy novel. But the other one I think was like even worse, and I can't remember now what it's called. But that's Scarlet. not what we're here to talk Scar- about. Scarlet is uh, what it's called. Scarlet no, is the other one. Oh, yeah, we, need, we definitely need to stay on task. <laughs> we need to remain focused. Um, us riffing on popular culture is exactly what this thing is all about. Um, but I do want to close out um, the Margaret Mitchell Gone with the Wind thing. 
I haven't read either of those books. Mm. My ex-wife loved Gone with the Wind. Mm-hmm. She read the whole thing in a day. And, like, it's not a short book. Mm-hmm. Um, she she read about as fast as you do, frustratingly. Um, I'm attracted to literate women can't, who read much faster than me. Yeah. Um, at first, and, and by the way, I feel compelled to insert, it's not like like intellectual inferiority i just wish that i could read fast <laughs> uh i i'm not a i'm not a fast reader so there's nothing gendered about it I just anyway um so she read scarlet i think she liked it she thought it was okay they made a tv movie about it with uh joanne whaley joanne whaley kilmer uh playing scarlet o'hara o'hara whatever mm-hmm. um and Colomini was in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, we love him because he plays Chief Miles O'Brien right. on Next Generation. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> bringing it back to oh, sci-fi. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Neat. All of that was just so that I could name check Colomini. <laughs> it's a long walk. <laughs> it was a very, very long walk. But I, I was watching this you know, this TV miniseries. This is like 1994 or something like that. Watching this. Like, hey, it's Chief O'Brien. <laughs> and that was like, I think... He was on DS9 at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he, like, I guess, you know, like, like while they were on hiatus or, or whatever, he, he was, uh, like, he didn't have, like, a, a super big role, but, mm-hmm. you, know, n- you know, non-trivial yeah. uh, as well. Okay. Public domain. Yeah. Dracula in the public domain. So if we're not sure what to write about, we can always write about Dracula. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so I had a question about the date. Yeah. The thing says it was, and I'm sure this doesn't really matter yes um 1982 right the marvel thing says 1982 but on the cover where like the cover art yeah thing is where the cover art thing is, it yeah. says where this like the artist signature is yeah it says 81 um i'm gonna look at that i i, I believe you but i can it, show you mine. Look at. oh fair enough yeah yeah no no 100 percent. that's yeah that's 1981 so a couple of theories uh, one is that, that perhaps the cover preceded the issue itself. Oh, yeah. So you'll recall that we were going to read annual number six, but, um, as I was reading, I was like, like, hang on. I think that this presumes right. that the events of, um, and Bill Sienkiewicz did the art for this issue and also that annual. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it could be that the... Well, I'm just going to repeat myself. Uh, the The publication of the annual is listed as January 82. Maybe this was one item of conceptual art mm. uh, that they repurposed for the cover. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I've never noticed a, either a signature or a date on the cover before, so that sort of jumped out at me. That is a fantastic segue to the thing that I really want to emphasize and hammer home in this episode the cover is by Bill Sienkiewicz. Mm-hmm. He, um, and is this painted? It is not painted. Um, very often his covers are painted. Hmm. He always signs his covers, which at the time, as I was reading, I was like, arrogant. <laughs> but actually, like, I don't mind it now because, and prepare yourself because this is going to be a very significant thing that I'm about to say. Here. Okay. Okay. So, okay. all right. Um, We've talked about some of my favorite artists, mm-hmm. and uh, if I'm thinking, like, who is on the Mount Rushmore of comic artists, okay. you're going to have Will Eisner, mm-hmm. and my immediate number two, before I even think about 
somebody like Jack Kirby. Mm-hmm. My immediate number two is Bill Sienkiewicz. Mm-hmm. So um, he's that he's that, good. He's that, he's that good. important. Yeah, he is fantastic and amazing. I did not like his style at first mm-hmm. when I was a kid. I can't get enough of it, mm-hmm. and it is. It, it, let me marshal my thoughts here. <laughs> Oh wait. Well, I, I actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause right there just to let the significance of that sink in. Bill Sienkiewicz, easily my number two comic artist in the entire medium of comics. Huh. That's that's serious. And then who else is on your mount? Russell? I don't know. Number three, like probably Jack Kirby. Gotta mm-hmm. say, gotta say Kirby, and then then I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, the art in this was cool, and one of the things I'd wrote, written down was that the um, there were loads of pages that had. Now I can't find one. Yeah. Especially towards the end that had like non-rectangular shaped right. panels. And that was really, really cool. And the thing to bear in mind about this issue is this is Sienkiewicz at about a four. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not it's not like peak Sienkiewicz. Just because it's like early in his career? Yes. Yep. I mean, he started off pretty conventional. But even within the convention of the time, you can see that he's he's going a little he's going a little mm-hmm. a little further. Mm-hmm. Um, like like um, Neil Adams would be another one. Neil Adams was kind of like early seventies. We've mentioned Neil Adams uh, before. He was w- one of those who w- would kind of flex the structure mm-hmm. of the comic panels, uh, and and Sakevich, I, I think. Clearly, like, took some cues from him. Yeah, it's um, really, especially when there's, like, fighting scenes. Yeah. The sort of un- unusually shaped panels give it a lot of, like, movement. I'm going to look up some um, some some of my favorite Sienkiewicz covers. So you're going to need to talk. talk tell okay. me, Yeah, tell me more about them. Um, so so it, it, briefly, because uh, you, you grew up in a house where you know, your dad is a really, really into art. So, so I'm sure that you've got a lot to say about art. Um, yes. I mean, I do, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> or don't talk about I art. I wasn't going to talk about art. I was going to yeah. talk about alcoholism. Oh, yeah. okay. Go that for it. That was my first note that I, because yes, like I, I oh, wait, wait, okay. had also written down that like they, they, they burst into someone's house. Yeah. Uh, you know, Wolverine <clears throat> goes for a beer, goes for another beer. By the time the girls have gotten their their clothes on, he's gone through a six pack. A yeah, sl- that was a slow six pack. Later, yeah, he's slow. Is... Didn't didn't read as that slow. Yeah, no, I mean it, it didn't feel yeah. like it took them that long, but yeah. Um, but I guess I was curious, like, you know, I don't, I know that they don't have to write for young children, even right. if young children are their are their sort of target audience. But I was curious how like you know, nine or 10 year old you, like whether you noticed I probably didn't notice. all that drinking, whether it seemed notice. like an appropriate amount of drinking because it was the eighties and yeah. everybody kind of drank a lot. Yeah. I did not notice. Uh, briefly, here's, here's another Sienkiewicz cover cool. from like later on. Uh, this is one that would be painted or we can close off. The, uh, <laughs> thing. Um, yeah. He, he's smoking as well. Um, what I would have, so a, I didn't notice as a kid. Uh, the only time that I ever remember Wolverine drinking 
was in issue 139. Mm -hmm. They work out in the danger room. This is like uh, the second issue that you and I read. Uh, it's like, oh, I brought some refreshments. Some and, lemonade. Yeah, yeah lemonade. is like, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's adorable. <laughs> and like, okay, here's a beer for yeah. you. Like that. Okay. And it was established that Wolverine likes beer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow in this one, it seems like they really lean into that. Yeah. You know, I mean, he drinks in a lot of them, but in this one, they like mention it a couple times and it's, and then it just made me start thinking about like what age range were they writing for? Yeah. You know, were they writing for eight, nine, ten-year-old kids, or maybe older. They're probably writing for someone who's about 17 or 18. Okay. Um, but they're aware of the comics code, and they are aware that they have younger fans. Right. Um, another element is, because Wolverine has this ability to heal himself, I think the assumption is that it does not affect him the way that it right. does other people. <clears throat> he just likes the taste of beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. So, continuing with other adult things, and I think we t talked about this a little bit last time. Oh, wait, hang on. Um, before we do that, because yep. uh, 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 um, we'll, we'll launch that, but a, a little more Sienkiewicz. Okay, so this, do you this... realize that they can't actually see what you're showing me? I'm showing you. <laughs> okay, uh, fair enough. The other one I didn't... I didn't I, I, actually, this is one where... You know, the, 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 the many hundreds of people who listen to this podcast, and, and they're all out there. Uh, so this is Marvel graphic novel, the, the Daredevil graphic novel. Mm -hmm. And if you're geeking out on Bronze Age comics, um, which is the only reason why you're listening to this, <laughs> or you're curious about the marital dynamics of a successful relationship... Uh, then, then, you, then you're familiar with it. So this is this is a graphic novel. Um, I, so the cover of that, but also yeah. the interior. So, so it's painted. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, and we've got like like some odd perspective. Um, and then on the inside, yeah, like the interior of it, like all of this is 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 yeah, that's really is, like neat. painted really in watercolor. Yeah. Uh, but the cover, the one, the only reason why I'm why I'm throwing this out there, this is not the best example, but it gives you some sense. Do you notice the Ralph Steadman similarity? Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's not like super prominent. Yeah. And I don't know I don't to know what extent. Yeah. I don't know what to what extent uh, Sienkiewicz would have been influenced by Stedman. He he had to have known who he was. Who he was, right. Um, but I, I love that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I just love about Sienkiewicz's work is it, 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 it is beyond reality. In the same way that Stedman will take something... Like like fear and loathing in Las Vegas and like these make it super weird exactly yeah. just yeah. just way over the top and you're just like plunged into this fantasy that's a little bit dark a little bit dangerous a little disturbing yeah <laughs> right and and I I love entering that world and one thing I'll say I'm I'm reading the New Mutants um, and I'm like a couple of years ahead but. This is, uh, I think, the first collaboration between Claremont and Sienkiewicz. It will mm -hmm. not be the last. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so Claremont starts writing this other title called The New Mutants. Um, in theaters now, don't go see it, <laughs> um, called The New Mutants. And Sienkiewicz does a run on that of about 13 issues. And I'm reading those right now. I swear that that changes the way that Claremont writes, mm -hmm. uh, which is not that profound. Right, I, mean, right. I mean, writers and artists are going to be collaborating, yeah. but... The writing itself, the stories that he's telling uh, in the New Mutants, they have this uh, horror kind of dark edge to them that is 
awesome. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> and so, perfect choice for a thing about Dracula. Neat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have, have, you, have you seen Have you seen Truth or Dare? Madonna, the um, Madonna. No, I've seen bits and pieces. I, I, of it. What do you call? It's not a documentary. It's a sort of a documentary. A navel gazing, disturbatory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I can't document my own shit. That's just <laughs> um, okay. when Kevin Costner meets her backstage. You know, like, and she I says, seen that. "Oh God, it, it, it's it's great because yeah. I'm on Costner's side here." So. So she's meeting him backstage, and she's like, "Oh, so what did you think?" And Costner, is like, "Oh, it was, it was really neat. <laughs> it was loads of fun." <laughs> and you could tell, like, he he wasn't quite sure what to say. Yeah. He, he he was probably bored, and yeah. she was so offended <laughs> that he didn't have his mind blown by, uh, you know, by, by her. the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what you that's what you just did to me. I'm sorry. Sorry, I got. I actually. No, no, no. I'm, 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 I have I'm my my thing open. Um, yeah. Which means that I'm I unwillingly uh, got a text. Okay. That confused All good? me. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. So the other thing we talked about this a little bit last time. Why are vampires like? Why is there so much like weird sex stuff with vampires, but like not with werewolves or that leprechauns um, or yeah. Tom Sawyer. I, 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 thinking kind of impromptu, I don't know. That is a good question. Is like, was it like one thing, like Anne Rice wrote those vampire things and then everyone's like, hey, vampires are really sexy. Or... Yeah, this is either pre-Anne Rice or contemporary. No, no, I know. I mean, but I'm saying yeah. like, why, I don't know. I feel like all in the popular culture, all vampire stuff is like steeped in like weird, super sexual imagery, but not other baddies. I don't have a good answer for that. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking, and I still yeah. don't. You're absolutely correct, yeah, and so I don't know have, why. They have, uh, you know, what's his name, uh, Wolverine drinking, and then they continue with like this really sexual uh, stuff around, you know, Aurora's uh, desire behind. Oh, her lover, her, yeah. yeah I mean, her there's... wildest imaginings, and her lover and the fog caressed her, and it's like all really super. Oh yeah. You know. Oh yeah. Sexed up. Yeah. But then you know what did what did ten year old Brian think of that? I uh, didn't notice. Didn't notice it. Totally, totally <laughs> didn't notice. Um, I in about another. Oh gosh, uh, twelve or fifteen issues. We're gonna get to one comic issue one seventy three. I think is they're in Japan. Mm-hmm. That's one where I don't know what what age Brian was reading that one. Where I I, st- I sat up and took notice. <laughs> but it's it, 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 like this. I, I would not. I think age is part of it. Um, but also, it, it, I I was not. <sighs> I, I was not reading into it. Like she was caressed by the fog. Oh, okay, sure, yeah. Fog. <laughs> uh, like I was, and, and this is not in any to suggest that the writing here is like super subtle or anything. Like it's not. Yeah. Um. It's very clear. No, it's very clear. He's <laughs> but, her lover. He and then he's like to... he's her master, which is also really weird. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. there's that whole like and it's uh, a little rapey submissiveness thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's rapey, but she might be uh, open to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, like the power dynamics are, are, are really I mean, Weird, problematic. Yeah. yeah, but like very specific <laughs> yeah. to vampires. Huh? Yeah, yeah. No, didn't notice. Didn't notice. Well, good, good. No. I'm glad that this didn't, uh, you know, 
scar didn't, you or didn't give you some sort happens. of weird vampire fetish? Um, no. As far as I know. Uh, I mean, I, I, this is hardly seems a time or place to catalog my fetishes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't cataloging. Um, I was just, you know, you know I, I was cataloging your not fetishes. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, 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 I'm on record. I'm on record as of the beginning of this. Like, like I like literate women, but <laughs> I don't know that that is because I was exposed to some trope. In public. I just, I like having conversations oh, with people, which means it, than having a vampire. Fetish. And also in terms of priorities, it means like, okay, like she's not going to expect me to, you know, go do a, like an eight mile run every morning. Like we can <laughs> hang out and read, read together. <laughs> just, that's about as, that's about where, where it starts and ends with me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I had also written down uh, <laughs> Judaism saves the day. Also, Yay. also Catholicism. Religion, religion saves the day. Re- yeah, religion saves a the day. Different times. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't really see religion as being all, all that significant of an element in in, in this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, yeah, it's like it's like an additional source of magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, just like in real life. Jewish magic, just like in real life. Uh, and Christian magic. Christian I mean, magic. I mean, you know, kind of, okay. <laughs> I don't know why you're competing. I'm, I'm, <laughs> religious, I'm <not> competing. religious magic. <laughs> um, the, so, so Nightcrawler is the most observant, uh, as respects religion mm-hmm. in the X-Men. Mm-hmm. And they, in, in, in 139 again, there was his kind of interior monologue where he's wondering what kind of God would allow Jean Grey to die. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and there are other elements that, that show up about, uh, about religion. The New Mutants actually is another one where there's one of the characters who's quite religious, but, um, in, in kind of all the wrong directions. She's, (laughs) she's told that because she's a mutant and she actually can change into a wolf that, that she is, She's an, a product of evil, uh, and, and that that she is therefore satanic. But no, actually, she's a mutant. Um, but in this issue, yeah, not so much. Hmm. All right, and what else did I write down? Vampiric <laughs> yeah. consort. I like that uh, that expression. Yeah. Um, so in the end, why why does why does Dracula like why is he like that? Ah, okay, no, I'll just leave. Um, didn't really like I. I it didn't sell it to me there at the end. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Me neither. Um, I, I was reading it quickly this morning, and then I read it again around lunchtime, so that like like I, I must have missed something. Yeah, I read it twice because I thought I missed I didn't. something too. Yeah. Um, the fact that Aurora couldn't bring herself to kill Kitty that that makes right, sense. Right. There's a shred um, of humanity. Why Dracula blah, blah, blah. backs off? My my best take on that is, she says, "Look, I'm always going to resist." And Dracula says, well, okay, uh, I like it when you squirm a little, but not <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Um, I, 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 that's immediately where I went, and I kind of didn't want to process that too much more. Um, but that's about as close as I can get to understanding why yeah. he backed off. Um, that and, I don't know, kind of a C-plus there on the Yeah, uh, the it's, like, it's like a, you know... Punching, punching a bully in the face first, I guess that sort of thing. You know, like she's yeah, maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. something, something about yeah. that. But yeah. I felt like I had missed something, and I went back and, yeah. and read those last few pages again because I was like, why did, why was he just like, nah, okay, no, I'll just fly out the window. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't chase me because then I will really. Yeah. Yeah. Then I'll then I'll really yeah. I'll, I'll I'll fuck you up yeah. if you <laughs> like, for reals. Um. Yeah. There's that. I've got one note, but. You'd want to talk about Bavaria. 
Oh, yeah, then two notes. Um, <laughs> That's all for my notes. Oh, okay, cool. Much. So, did we talk much about vampires <laughs> when we were living in nope. Munich? Yeah. That was... I, I wonder if that's almost so okay first of all it it it, it is uh, convenient for the narrative right okay, somebody like okay i believe kitty because like, trust me i i know from vampires i <laughs> i lived in like ulm or but it's like geographically yeah or mines or wherever augsburg to, to wherever vampires started right that no it isn't sort of romania okay. get a map no, I thought it was more like, yeah, okay, fair. No, th- th- there's absolutely nothing. Uh, I shouldn't say absolutely nothing. There's very, very little to connect uh, Bavaria and, and vampirism. When I think when I think geographically, of for reason, politically, yeah, I think of um, more like Czechoslovakia, well, the Czech Republic now that yeah. area. But no, I guess it is uh, beyond the Carpathian Mountains. Huh. Uh, Vlad the Impaler um, is kind of the historical antecedent for Dracula. Yeah. Um, he was Romanian. Hmm. Right. Yeah, fair. And in Francis Coppola's take on uh, on Dracula, which is actually not that bad. It's mm-hmm. a little bit long, but there's some really cool stuff that happens there. Um, uh, it's a bit Johnny Depp, not Johnny Depp. Um, uh, 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 Bill and Ted, what's... Keanu Reeves. The, thank you. Yep. Keanu Reeves. He's a, like, he, his first scene, he's in Budapest and he's heading east. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And Budapest, which, you, as, as you know, is an overnight train ride away from Munich. Yeah. But I guess if you're sitting in New York City, you know, all that shit's just like sort of... Claremont's English. Nearby <laughs> itself. In no, Claremont is smarter than that. Um, I think it was a narrative convenience. If I want to give him the benefit of the doubt... It is Claremont as an Englishman kind of poking fun of the Germans. Mm. That's as close as I can get yeah, to they anything. Do, they do like to do that. Yeah. Or or Claremont is just assuming no American is going to check my map on this. <laughs> they were right there. The yeah, right, them. right. So he, <laughs> Right he, next door. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, like nobody's going to... And when you say Bavaria, there would be people reading that who think that it's like not even... Germany, right? <laughs> you know. yeah, oh, oh, that's to do with Bavaria is clearly that, Eastern Europe. The yeah. Catholic, well, Catholic, Bavaria yeah, is Catholic, yeah, and so Catholicism is sort of more into like that weird mystical stuff. Then by that law, I mean there's nobody Irish uh, there like, than, than the Irish, uh, or uh, you know, people in South America yeah. <laughs> should be. Yeah, uh, they're all into weird mystical stuff too, and and very Catholic, and very Catholic. as well. Yeah. So, but but yeah, I mean. Okay, Bavaria, very Catholic. Not not a lot of vampires. Mm, not a lot of talk of vampires, <laughs> but you know, yeah, maybe maybe in nineteen eighty there was. Hmm, I missed I missed uh, I missed Mr. all that. Yeah. <laughs> Some good times and good times with yeah. the uh, yeah with the vampires. What was your other note? Uh, my other note, um, and I didn't bother even going to Wikipedia about this or not. Um, there, the woman who isn't Misty Knight. Uh, who, who, whose apartment they burst into? Yeah. I can't remember the character's name. Did you? You? Have, I'm going to exhaust my knowledge of fashion models in about ten seconds. Yep. You, you you've heard of Beverly Johnson? Um, 
No. Okay. I don't know. I don't know whether this is a nod to her or not. That character, mm-hmm. uh, fashion model, African American fashion model in in the pages of this comic. Beverly Johnson was one of the first African American models, mm-hmm. and the only reason why I know her name. Uh, is because I was watching an episode of, I think, Oprah Winfrey, and I can't remember what the topic was, but the oh, you know, fashion model Beverly Johnson. I'm like, wow, she's good looking. <laughs> um, so <laughs> you know, this issue didn't leave an impression on me, but uh, one afternoon when I'm watching the Oprah Winfrey show, yeah. sometime in the mid-80s, yeah. <laughs> uh, I saw this person. I don't even remember what they were talking about, if it was about you know, representation in, in the fashion industry or whatever. Yeah. Um, don't know whether this was a, a, a kind of a nod to her or not, but hats off, man. Yeah. You know, uh, early 80s. Again, uh, you know, I think the bar for, for uh, being progressive or uh, inclusive is, yeah. is pretty low. <laughs> but, uh, okay, he clears it. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that, too, that there were two. I mean, you know, there's still a lot more white characters. but and right. You know, and, the, and she wasn't a, a major character. Yeah, she was just kind of um, there. Yeah. You know, but then there's Stevie. Um, yep. Yes, Stevie Hunter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which now I feel like we have to, you know, I, I can't talk about black representation in uh, Marvel things without, you know, commenting on the extremely tragic uh, <coughs> death of the actor that played I, Black Panther. I meant, to, I, I yeah. almost, I, actually, I think I meant to lead off the episode with that. Uh, that is a big point, yes. Yeah. And thank you for, for mentioning. Yeah, Chadwick Boseman passed away like yesterday. Huge bummer. Yeah, very, very sad. Okay, North. <laughs> I, I I can't say anything further yeah, because it's hard like, to like go, it's all it's hard to go like and, us doing the yucky yucks. Yeah, um, uh, our right, kids so, are really sad. Uh, our, yeah. our daughter is extremely sad about it. Right, uh, was very was moped about it all day yesterday. Um, so, so what we'll do, we're, we're going to continue with with sort of the jocularity um, and hopefully not not trivialize this. Uh, but uh, he was great and. Uh, he was a fantastic character, and and Bozeman did so so well yeah. with that. It's the kind of character that you would think is is not hard because, but but no, it is actually yeah. to to have someone. It, the film Black Panther just really made it clear how T'Challa had like the world on his shoulders, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. the 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 expectations that were placed on him, but he never stopped being human. Mm-hmm. Right, he never stopped being a man, and just in terms of what I love about these stories is that the duality where you have this enormous sense of responsibility but you are just as vulnerable uh very similar to to anyone else mm-hmm. yeah so to say that you can identify with a hero that's hard to do yeah, that's yeah. quite a lot yeah well, and as, as an actor, I mean, you know, just, I mean, that he, the actor also had, you know, yeah. that's a weighty role to, right. to, to play and pull off, um, with so much grace. And, and yeah, it's very, very sad. And not the first time that he did that. Yeah. I mean, he played Jackie Robinson, who is this, uh, person who, who is treated with a kind of reverence, mm-hmm. uh, understandably, and I think appropriately so. Um, that's another big one. Like, you don't want to screw that up, yeah. Right? Uh, and and we haven't seen that. Um, I, I I might want to give it a look. My my worry about watching forty two is that 
it would be like maybe a little bit preachy, but you know what? Um, let's let's watch it. Yeah, it's been on our, our our list from time to time, and we never quite never quite got around to it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's do the it because uh, curious about his uh, his other movies now. Right, yeah. right, and yeah. Um, what else? Is oh, the, the, I'm just going to repeat. short, barely rise to the level of anecdote, but just a, a short memory uh, that that I, I mentioned last night or dinner. Um, you weren't there, but. The kids and I went to see Wrinkle in Time with um, uh, school friends, mm -hmm. and Black Panther had been out for like a couple of months. People were still seeing that movie. Mm -hmm. um, and so as we were about to go into Wrinkle in Time, Black Panther was letting out of another theater, and this this mother and a child were walking out of Black Panther. Kid was like seven or eight. Mm. And the, the look on his face, and he like threw his fist up in the air and, and like shouted, Wakanda forever. And like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm tearing up as I'm, as I'm yeah. describing this, like, like that. Chadwick Boseman contributed massively yeah. to, to that moment, that shared cultural moment. Yes. And when we saw Black Panther, that was one of the most uh, lively, just fantastic movie theater. <clears throat> My voice is not cracking. <laughs> I am I am moved, but I'm I'm, I'm not like actually weeping. Um, like, like the crowd was super into it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like like probably like one of my top five theater going yeah. experiences in terms of like the audience response, like up there with seeing Return of the Jedi mm -hmm. and um, actually seeing seeing James Bond in Lo in London. Yeah. Uh, so, but like Black Panther, yep, top yeah, five. It was one of the one of the most fun of the Marvel movies that we've seen in yeah. the theater. I mean, that, the, the audience just like they just went apeshit yeah. for that, and I I was right there with yeah, it, man. Yeah, we all were. Yeah. All right. Um, we need to wrap up. Yeah. Uh, how, how do we How do we pivot from that? Um, uh, you know, comics—they're important. Uh, they yeah. seem, you know, like silly, trivial, whatever. But uh, you know, culturally, it's a big cultural impact. Right. I we get I to prepared some comments. No, 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 no. <laughs> Look, <laughs> um, you're correct. Yeah. They they are a medium that they're they're an art form that is easy to to trivialize. They're also an, an art form that's easy to get wrong. Mm -hmm. They're hard to do well, yeah. and that's one of the reasons why the MCU uh, franchise has been so great. Like 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 oh my god, they they managed to pull it off. Mm -hmm. um, and okay, belatedly, let's. Just, Acknowledge that belatedly, they realize that they need people who aren't named Chris to <laughs> uh, to to be heroes. But but they did eventually get to that place, and when they did it, they did it well. Mm -hmm. Which means that pretty much anybody in the United States can watch one of those movies, and they can see people rising above their own limitations. Uh, overcoming their own weaknesses and fears and doubts and becoming heroic. And the people that are doing that look and sound just like they do, yep. which means that we can all be heroes. Yep. All right. Chadwick Boseman, you're a hero. Yep. Thank you for listening to the X-Men Files. We are available on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. If you listen, please rate us. If you want to drop us a note, you can reach us via email at cerebro at xmenfiles.com. You can also check out our website, xmenfiles.com. Our theme music is Invasion to Space Frog by Checky Brown. That music available under a Creative Commons license. 
Everything Else was written, produced, and performed by Brian and Inessa. <laughs>